There's no question that there's a student loan crisis. The debate over going to college and university is more relevant than ever. And yet, what I'm certain of is that there are not enough conversations about the greater, more important underlying issues. And we're going to cover those today. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. Today we're going to be discussing the student loan crisis, college, university, furthering your education, and we're going to do it with an infinite banking lens. Now, I'll share some of my story just in case this is the first time that you're hearing from me and you'd like to know a little bit about me. I do have a four-year degree. So growing up, I certainly heard go to school, make good grades, go get a good job. There was no question for me that my trajectory was going to be towards a four-year degree, towards going to college. And the only reason I say that is I believe that it would have been very strongly geared towards the military. It's, it's, it's highly possible, but I met my wife young. So I was courting my now wife in high school. So I did, I didn't see myself going to the other side of the world. And this would have been in 2003. So for sure that there was war going on in the Middle East and, and I just presumed that I would have been on the other side of the world and that could be okay for itself for sure. And I appreciate, let me go ahead and say everybody that has served our great country. Very much so, very much so. The older I get, the more appreciation I have. And yet I knew that I was going to be courting my wife. So on, on the social side of things, I knew what I wanted there. We knew what we wanted and we ended up going to the same college. So from the, the government school side of things or the family influence side of things, my, my parents did not go to college. And I, and I feel like most homes are not having these conversations the way we could be about what's after school, whether you homeschool, private school, public school, charter school, whatever, government school. But what I'm saying is, is my experience is that for myself, I knew that I wanted to continue courting my now wife, and I knew that I wanted to get married. We knew we wanted to have a family, all those types of things. So there was that influence. And then on the government school side of things, we were just, we were just, you know, pushed, indoctrinated. I mean, propaganda was, was everywhere. We were inundated with the idea of to be successful, you had to go to college. And there were not conversations, not that I remember, uh, on the home front about what to do after government school, after graduation. So I knew we were going to go to college and I picked something that sounded like fun. I was studying Spanish in high school at the time. It was very exciting to me to learn a new language. So I said I would do that. I was fortunate enough to go to the same college as my wife. She was there uh, studying nursing. So again, we we, we both had that, that background that come from of you're supposed to go to school and, and get good grades. And I believe that she would say that uh, she was she was pursuing a nursing career. And she's a great caretaker type individual, lovely lady, well geared for that. Uh, but I do believe she actually had more conversations on on the home front about pursuing nursing, for example. I believe that was a suggestion from family. But regardless, we were fortunate enough to go to the same school. We graduated in, in four years' time. We were diligent about 
about our studies. She more than I, for sure. Better student, better grades, no question. But I was paying attention, and I, I cared about the classes that I cared about and worked through the ones that I, that I didn't well enough. And, and did actually double major. I, I accomplished a, a Spanish degree, and I did a criminal justice degree as well. So double majored, became fluent in a second language, loved the learning experience. And then when we got to the end of our four-year experience, my wife had student loans. I had student loans. Again, she had less than I. I believe that's because more grants, better grades. But I had plenty of loans. Uh, and we both had some for sure. So we started out after college, getting married right away. That's that's what we knew we had wanted all along. But again, that 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 impulse, or better yet, that I wouldn't I wouldn't actually say it was an impulse. Better yet, to say that that influence that we had growing up to go to college was, was really strong. We even waited till we were through with our college experiences uh, to get married. I don't even think that that was necessary. Looking back now, but as a young man, I knew what I knew and I didn't know what I didn't know. One of the ironic things about my own college experience is, one, I, I, I was able to get jobs in each of the fields that I studied in and that I majored in. I, I did eventually, years later, had no idea I was going to end up there, ended up being a public school teacher and taught Spanish at the high school level for some years. So that's that's interesting because that's certainly not the case for everybody that attends college. They don't necessarily get a job or begin a career in their field of study. Also, I had studied criminal justice and I was in law enforcement here in the state of North Carolina for several years. So again, I, I was in both of those fields actively as a career for several years, and yet I'm not there now, which is which is interesting. And again, I got both of those careers, or I studied each of those fields rather before getting into those careers with no intention or no foreknowledge that I wanted to go that direction. I actually kind of envied all, all my life. I've kind of envied the folks that knew what they wanted to do from a young age. I, I almost feel like that's a very enviable inclination to have. But I find it ironic, of course, statistically, how many folks don't get jobs or careers in what it is that they that they have studied. And I'm all about further education. See, if you've listened to me on this channel, you know I talk a lot about the arrival syndrome and rethinking. You're thinking, I'm surrounded by books and 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 that's just not for display. I'm an avid reader. I want to be a perpetual student for my life. That's just a decision that I have made to work on staying out of my comfort zone, learning new things, taking in new perspectives, so I love the idea of furthering education. But what I what I would also point out and recognize and looking back on those careers that I've mentioned that I've been in, take the law enforcement, for example. I made, with my first job in law enforcement, I made the exact same income that someone would have made just coming out of high school without being fluent in an additional language, without having a four-year degree, and not even just a four-year degree, but a four-year degree in criminal justice, none of that contributed to anything additional for my income. 
So again, while I value the education that I procured for myself and paid for, I also had to recognize it was a very it was a very eye-opening experience to realize that I could have just walked right out of high school into that career and earned the same amount. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. And actually, that was the case for all of my career. I, I was, and, and that could partly be because of location. I was not compensated or incentivized to have gotten bilingual in another language or to pursue further furthered education and training and experience in my career or to have had a four-year degree. I know that's not the case everywhere. I know that's not the case everywhere for sure. But I would have had to have moved. I would have had to have moved. And hey, you could just easily say as well that, well, that comes with the territory in X, Y, or Z field or area. And that's true. Absolutely. No question. But these are things that were going to be very relevant in my life that all stemmed from me having conventionally financed a college education. So I walked into these careers not only not being compensated for the work that I'd put into becoming bilingual or getting a four-year degree in my field. But furthermore, I had that student loan debt to pay off at the same time. So th- that's a bit about my background and my own, my own experience. And be that as it may, I certainly have different views, thoughts, feelings, ideas about furthering education. I know there are plenty of folks that are talking about those things, the cost of a college education and how that's skyrocketing. There's plenty in the news and media at the time of this recording. I think there has been over years now. Yes, about the cost, should you go in-state or out-of-state and all these different things. There's great how-to information about applying for scholarships, etc. What I would actually like to focus on is not on the national level, I don't want to talk necessarily, although I'm open to having that conversation, but I want to I want to talk about the things that we probably should be talking about at home. I actually want to look at the the underlying issues because I believe that you should decide whether you want to go to college or not, in state or out of state. All these all these tactical points, I believe that you should just become educated and figure out what it is that you want to do and, 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 and how you want to do it. I'm, I'm going to focus in this particular conversation more about the, the how-tos, whether you go to college or whether you don't go to college, whether you're a parent and you're wanting to set your children up perhaps better than you started, or a grandparent, you're wanting to be able to do things for your grandchildren. I want to have those conversations with you and get to the real underlying issues that are going to be applicable and relevant and important to all of us. The students, the parents, the grandparents, everybody concerned. Now again, if if I go back to thinking of my college years or, or my high school years preparing for college, all I knew to do personally was to fill out FAFSA information because that's what was put in my hands. And to anticipate going for four years and, and and just signing papers. And I didn't understand those papers. I did not understand the student loan process. This is going to be very telling on, on my understanding at the time. But I can remember being at college in my first year, first semester, 
and having some money on my student account after the books for that semester were bought and I had everything that I needed for that semester. I was squared away, lodgings, etc. And I had money in this account and I spent it frivolously and spent it I did. I spent all of it on things, just things. I actually bought some things I can remember some things buying at the bookstore, you know, those 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 highly overpriced items that propagandize the the school. I bought those. That was loan money. I'm I'm telling you, I did not know what I did not know for sure. I did not understand financing, did not understand loans, did not understand uh, really what my responsibilities were going to, to look like in having spent that money. And I showed up at college not knowing what I was going to do after college. Again, I, I, I've, I've said that, sure, I knew I was very interested in Spanish. I wanted to do something there. I wanted to become as, as proficient as I could. But I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I wasn't taking teaching courses as if I were going to teach that language. I was just honing a skill that I could have done outside of college. Now, I did it in college. And I, speaking of student loans and such, I even did travel abroad over summers where I would go to a Spanish-speaking country. And, and, and it was immensely helpful. No question about it. Immensely helpful. Now, could I have had those same conversations and experiences by traveling uh, more cheaply or not even traveling at all, but just being more proactive and having conversations with native speakers, I certainly could have. But be that as it may, I'm just describing my, my come from, because perhaps you can relate and perhaps you're going to be having these conversations with children and, and grandchildren and your experience might be different than mine. It may be similar. But what I'm trying to say is I had no clear idea of what I was doing in school or certainly after school. And actually, when I finished my Spanish major, I then learned at some point along the way in those four years that I had to have another minor or another major because I couldn't just graduate with just a, a Spanish. I don't know if they thought that it was not difficult enough to learn that second language and become proficient or what have you, uh, but I, I, I did. I, I was able to fit in a, a second major. It was criminal justice for me. Again, all I was doing was looking at a sheet of titles of majors, and I just picked one that sounded cool enough for me. I mean, I, sure, I knew some things that I did not want to study, but I was literally just looking at a list and picking something. Not r at random. I, I don't want to say that exactly, but it was limited. It was finite, and it was subject to me knowing that I had wanted to study Spanish. And I was just essentially forced to pick another one to get that four-year degree that I was supposed to get. So again, I, I hope that's enough description. And I want to get to discussing these un underlying issues because here's what happened to me today. Today on the phone, I had someone ask me, Jesse, would you give me in your words your take on 529 plans, which is a, a government qualified program plan for college prep. And I, I, I won't get into those details here, but, but I was asked today to give my take about, well, why 
Why not a 529 plan? Why an IBC-style policy? Why? And for those that don't know, I'm going to be talking about owning, okay, as an asset, a private asset, a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays dividends. And why I would pick this type of a policy that I'm going to use for privatized banking over some qualified plan. And there are several practical, tactical reasons where we could talk about limitations on access, limitations on contributing to either or of, of, of these entities, the tax treatment, how you can use them, etc. There are lots of reasons why if, if forced to put, put myself in this either or scenario, and I don't have 529s, I don't plan on having 529s for my children, but I do have properly structured whole life policies with mutual companies that pay dividends on each of our children. Uh, my wife and I have done that. So we're concerned, we're preparing, we're, we're doing things that are going to set up our children from a, to, to a different starting point than where we started. But I'd like to also point out here that when we do get to the underlying issue of somebody controls the banking function in your life, okay, somebody controls the banking function in your life. I'm here to promote the idea that you can be your own banker and that you can finance whatever it is that you happen to be doing in your life. Now, this conversation could be about vacations. It could be about your business. It could be about your investing. It could be about getting braces on the children. It could be about whatever. Everything is financed. Everything is financed. And once you realize that everything is financed, and you understand that you could be your own banker for the things that you finance, you don't have to put yourself in these either-or scenarios. So here's what I'm getting to is, could you pay into a 529 plan such as it is in preparation for college for children or grandchildren? Sure, absolutely. They're out there, they're government-sponsored, and they'd be happy for you to do so. Again, that's a little bit of a dig, but... <laughs> My question there is, okay, if you're contributing there, can you also use that capital to do other things? Well, that's where we got to get back to limitations. So the 529 plan is what it is, but here's the vice versa. Could you fund, pay pre premiums, make deposits, okay? Could you warehouse capital? Could you put your money? into a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays dividends and use that private asset to fund a 529 plan and then have both. Have the policy, the contractual right to access capital in a non-interest environment to finance something that you want to do. If that happens to be a 529 plan, yes, you can. But you cannot do the opposite. So again, if I have to look at those two entities and decide which do I think is the ideal asset, and I've done an episode on the ideal asset. I can put that information up on the screen here so you can go check out that episode where I am doing comparisons and I am asking the question of, well, how would you describe the ideal asset? What characteristics does that asset have? And how can you use it? Who maintains the ownership? What risk are you assuming? Etc. I encourage you to check that out. 
But what I'm describing here is the fact that I have options. I maintain control and ownership, and I can make these decisions by owning and using a properly structured policy to finance the things that I want to do, but I cannot do the opposite in reverse. Okay, so if I had to pick between the two, I'm clearly saying that I'm my own banker and I'm encouraging you to consider becoming your own banker. And we do that with properly structured whole life policies with mutual companies that pay dividends. And we use those entities as our privatized bank. Or as you, over the course of time, build a system of policies, your privatized banking system. Because think about the commercial banks, what the commercial banks do. They open up multiple branches, don't they? Sure. So over the course of time, we'll open up multiple policies. We'll own multiple policies to build this privatized banking system. So if I had to pick either or, I'm going to pick a policy every time. Because the limitations are not the same. The contributions are so very different. Many, many characteristics. And perhaps we will talk about more there. But I'm also not trying to tell you what to do. Again, go to college, don't go to college. Your choice. In state, out of state. Your choice. Study something in the sciences versus studying something in the arts. Your choice. I think it's a beautiful world that we live in where so many people do so many different things. And I can get really particular and specific and masterful in, a, in an area that can benefit so many other people and vice versa. They can go out, you can go out and become really skilled and proficient and helpful in another area. And that brings a lot of value to me. So I think you should be making the choices, those choices. But what I am saying is that college is financed. If you, unlike me, did go into the military, are in the military, that career, you're going to be financing yourself in that career your lifestyle, such as it is going to be. If you start a business or you've already started a business, your business owner, who controls the banking function in your business? If you are an investor, part-time, full-time, doesn't matter if you're making investments. Do you realize that those investments are financed? If you're an employee and you're working for a business or a corporation or a company, you have this lifestyle where you have a home and cars and children and all these different things. Those things are financed. So I'm just trying to describe these different examples, right? You're, you're some specialist in a field and you've got an office in town, etc. Okay. And, and if you are a specialist in some field, you are a lawyer, you are a doctor, you are somebody that has gone above and beyond. I've got friends that are chiropractors. Okay. Those folks that there is a particular school that or, or amount of schooling and requirements. Okay. For that particular profession, uh, you really, you really, um, have some very important conversations and decisions ahead of you for sure. And again, if you've if you're seeing this information, listen to this information, and you've already been through those schools, and you have this this student loan debt, for example, here's what I'm going to ask you to think about now that we're here in this point of the conversation. If you are actively going to use your cash flows and your income to pay off that debt, here's my question to you. How much more profitable could you be if you didn't just pay off those debts, 
And this is for anybody. I mean, I use the infinite banking concept to pay off my student loan debts and my wife's. We've done this. You're going to pay off the debts. You can't get away from those student loan debts. But how much more profitable could you be if you not only paid off those debts to free up your cash flow to not go to that liability anymore, but what if you could pay off that debt and get the money back? Now, if you've never heard me ask that before, that's a mind-blowing question, so I'm going to ask it again. And even if you have heard it before, I'm going to ask you to fight the arrival syndrome and just consider this, okay, if you're not yet a client, especially if you're vetting this idea, you're learning about this idea of becoming your own banker, college is something uh, important to you, or paying off student loan debt is something important to you. What if, here's the question again, what if instead of just paying off the student loan debt, what if you could pay off the student loan debt and get the money back? See, it brings me back to the same thing that I was saying just a moment ago. See, you can take cash flow and income and pay off a student loan debt. Okay, that's 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 the way of going about it. Or, and and this is this is said well from Robert Kiyosaki. He says, let assets pay for liabilities. Okay. And I listen, I'm not trying to make the argument that your chiropractic or your dentist or, or whatever schooling is not going to be an asset to you. Most certainly that's going to be an asset to, you know, you being properly licensed and you having the proper skills to be great at what you're going to be doing. No, I'm not questioning that, but I'm just looking at the banking function. That schooling is financed. Everything is financed. Either we use somebody else's money on their terms and conditions, pay them interest, etc. We front the collateral, etc. Or we capitalize somewhere. It's a good question to ask where. But we capitalize somewhere and then liquidate that to pay cash for something. And we forfeit the opportunity to have earned interest on our money. It's called economic value added, EVA. So those are the two ways that everything is financed. So I'm saying, what if... We paid premiums into a policy that we own and control. We leverage that policy to pay off the student loan debt. So again, using an asset, like Robert Kiyosaki says, using an asset to pay for our liabilities. Because when I found out about the infinite banking concept, my wife and I had already been, oh, let me, I mean, if I do some math here, my wife and I had already been out of college going on eight years We'd already been out of college eight years, still had student loan debt, still had student loan debt eight years, both of us with 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 full time careers, growing as a family, being 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 productive individuals. OK, eight years out of out of college, still paying off student loan debt. Well, we read Nash's book got our first policy, and that was one of the very first things that we wanted to do was tackle some debts that we had at that time, student loan debt being one of those, and we did it. We did it. I'd have to really think back to, to how long, but it was one of the very first things that we did with our very first policy was to begin paying off the debts that we had, also including our student loan debt, and it's gone. Now we haven't had it for several years. We've been practicing this infinite banking concept eight years this year. We own multiple policies with multiple companies. We knocked out the student loan debt relatively quickly. You can too. So again, I'm, I'm trying to say for the folks that are looking ahead at college for themselves, for children, for grandchildren, 
you're wanting to do something for them, let's have a conversation about how you could own private assets. Here's a beautiful, here's a beautiful thing. You could own private assets wherein you warehouse capital for their future benefit. And, and it won't be, if I am making some comparisons, it won't be like a, a 529 plan where you have these limitations on what you can contribute, when you can access, what you can access for, it's how that's going to be repaid, etc. You can be proactively providing what you would like to for those children, for those grandchildren. We can have a conversation about how to structure that for you. Uh, you can't do that with just anybody. I know how this process goes because I've done it myself. As a consumer, I've used these types of policies to do that for my very own self, for our family. And now I've helped other people do that. I, I had a client recently. She got a policy on herself. She simultaneously got her first policy on her son, who's a few years out of, of, of college age. And I'm saying college age because, again, I don't know what my, oh, I, my wife and I have three children. I don't know what they're going to do. She doesn't know what her, her son's going to do. But she can still prepare for everything because, again, Everything's finance. So you as parents and grandparents can own policies. Here was a, a second point I was wanting to get to. Wherein you're capitalizing for your child's future, for your grandchild's future. And not only that, you can use that asset for the plans that you have for them, help them along the way. Also, these types of policies are transferable private assets. Once that child or that grandchild gets to a certain age, you can even transfer ownership. And then there they can be their own banker. And they're not even starting from scratch because, I don't know, maybe for a year, two years, four years, ten years, you've been capitalizing this private asset that you anticipate them owning in the future for what happens after college. For their future homes, for their future cars, for their children's plans and dreams and goals and ambitions. So there, there are so many reasons why we should be talking about the financing of college. And again, there are so many macro issues that, that are probably vying for your attention, like they're vying for my attention and my thinking right now. They're important. But I would much rather talk at the me and the you level about how you can become your own banker about how you if you've already got college debt if you've already got student loan debt you can pay that debt off and get the money back i still feel like i gotta say that again you could pay your student loan debt off and get the money back i can show you how and I encourage you, first foremost, read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. That's the guy that wrote the book on the concept. And if you're looking at college, again, as a parent, grandparent, whatever, for somebody that you care about, and you don't want them to be walking out of whatever they begin, I mean, what if you could give them a leg up on launching their own business? What if you could give them a leg up on financing college with in your family? What if you could give them a leg up on their first car? What if you could give them a leg up on a down payment on their first home? What if you could give them a leg up on their wedding? What if you could give them a leg up on whatever it is that they're going to do? What it, what it is that you would like to be able to help them 
accomplish. Again, we can have that conversation and what that could look like for you. Now, I believe I would be remiss if I didn't cover a couple of important additional points here on this college conversation, this furthering education. First, I'd like to list off several folks that you may have heard of, may not have heard of, that did not have any formal education like we know it today. So just food for thought, look up some information on these folks. I I found it very interesting. Benjamin Franklin, the Wright brothers, Steve Irwin, crikey, bit bit me eye math, crikey, bit me eye math, Steve Irwin, John Rockefeller, John Glenn, Quentin Tarantino, Mark Twain, Sequoia, Sir Richard Branson, Henry Ford, Frederick Douglass, Jane Goodall, Mendel. So there are lots and lots of examples out there of iconic people without the same type of formalized education that that, that we're talking about today. I mean, inventors and naturalists, really, really neat people. So that's one point that I want to make. And another is that Nash, in his book, I believe it's page 75, but he's got a section where he talks about college. So, of course, whether you've read the book or not read the book, there is a particular chapter on the college experience. And Nash, of course, discusses that with an infinite making lens. So read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. In particular, you can look at the the college section that he has there close to the end of the book. So those were those were two items that I did not want to be remiss in covering. That I'm a big believer in education, but education is not confined to four years in four walls, if you understand what I'm saying. And not only that, but let's look at the overarching issue of who controls the banking function over your educational experience, but more importantly, or at least more broadly, in your life. And this is my encouragement about the 529 plans. If you're considering a 529 plan, just really make sure that you understand the control, access to the money, the the terms, taxes. Ask yourself, is this going to be accounting for inflation? What are the guarantees? What risk am I assuming by putting my capital here where there may be these 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 limitations, okay? versus a policy that you're going to own for your whole life, that you have a contractual right to access your capital, to compound your capital, uh, to grow your money, okay? To be able to get to it in a known interest environment, environment, to be able to control the repayment schedule and what that looks like. That's not, not dictated by someone else. Knowing that you are accounting for inflation, you're using a you're using depreciating dollars for this appreciating asset. So with depreciating dollars, you can fund this appreciating asset into the future. And again, you can own this policy for your whole lifetime, and it can be a transferable asset. So it could be a, a very big piece. It could be in the vanguard of your legacy plans. And for those that are really wrapping their minds around this becoming your own banker philosophy, once you recognize that when one policy matures, meaning somebody graduates in the family, 
or reaches the age of 121, for example, then that capital is going to be a tax-free windfall into the rest of your privatized family banking system. So at that point, that system is going to become self-sufficient, meaning that tax-free windfall of money can be the capital for those future ongoing premiums, maybe even additional policies, to create a real intergenerational privatized family banking system. So I hope that this has been a good, at least introductory look at the student loan crisis and how it can be very different for you. You don't have to fit into these big macro issues. They're important. I believe we should address them in their own space. But in bringing banking back to the me and the you level, you don't have to be one of those statistics. And if that interests you, if you'd like to know how to implement the infinite banking concept into your household or your business or your investing, then don't hesitate to reach out. Let's have a conversation. This has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. Hello and welcome to the Durham. Now let me keep going. Here in the United States, in the United States, or going to college or going to a university, it's something. Furthering your education is something. What? If, what? Jesse, just think about what you want to say. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Bottom line: I paid off my student loans and got the money back. You can too. Let's go.